people and welcome back to those bald chicks your favorite alopecia podcast i'm Kristen, and i'm here with Paige. we're so excited to kick off our second series of the bald pack journals mom edition the reason for this series is because there's so many parents out there that are going through all the ups and downs with their children that have noticeable differences it's so important for us to show every aspect of hair loss and include the mom and or parents perspective so our first guest that is with us today to kick off the mom edition is Karen Bryant, who is the mom of an incredible alopecia warrior. So welcome, Karen, and thank you for being our first mama to be here and tell us your perspective. Thank you um, for having me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're so excited for this. And thank you for being the first one. So I guess introduce your daughter. How old is your daughter? When was she diagnosed with alopecia? And also what type? And then we'll start from there. So my daughter, Claire, is five, almost six. She'll be six in like three weeks. And she was diagnosed very young. We got the official diagnosis when she was nine months old. The diagnosis she has is alopecia areata, but she kind of fluctuated with grow hair quite a bit on her head summer of 2020 and then lost it all last fall. And then has some patchy eyebrows, patchy eyelashes. So it's kind of all over the place as alopecia (laughs) I think the more people that we have on this podcast we realize it starts off as alopecia areata most of the time just because Mm -hmm. it's like the beginning stages of alopecia so it's like bald spots everybody has bald spots everybody's losing their hair but then I feel like as time progresses it goes into what you have then so like I know Kristen it started with her losing her hair and then She has still kind of patches, but she has totalized because she doesn't have eyebrows. And I have Ariana because I have eyebrows, but patches on my head. So it's kind of all over the place for everybody. But I've noticed that it starts with Ariana. Everybody gets that Ariana diagnosis, which is really interesting. So how did you notice she started losing her hair? Well, you know, babies, like they lose hair anyway. So looking back, like I didn't really catch on to that. When I started like, okay, something's not right is when I started noticing her eyelashes missing. So she would like just start losing eyelashes. I was like, "Um, this is, I don't think this is the normal thing to happen. And that's when I started digging a little more to see what could be going on. Were you worried at first? Did you know about alopecia? Were you like, what the heck is going on? I don't know about this or... So I like knew of alopecia, but it wasn't my world. I didn't know anyone personally with alopecia. I knew about it. So I, it was definitely hard after, I mean, she was young. So she, I started noticing this when she was six months old and just a little history like about me, I had a late term miscarriage with my first pregnancy. And then my son, who is older than Claire, he was two and a half when she was born. He is medically complex and special needs. And so when this happened, I was like, you're kidding me. Like, I can't do one more thing, you know? So I think that not that everyone doesn't take it hard, but I think that I had a very, very hard time when I already had like a mountain of shit. And then this was just one more thing added on top. Exactly. Yes. And I was like, this can't be, this can't be happening. (laughs) But yeah, so it was, I mean, I still have hard days that, you know, she's had it basically her whole life. Still have hard days where it's like, I can't believe this is happening. But when she first got diagnosed, it was really hard. 
Was she diagnosed right away? Did they know like, oh, yep, this is what this No, so we went to our pediatrician. You know, they didn't know. They thought maybe she had an eye infection or something, even though her eyes were totally fine. I was like, all right, whatever. Went to an eye doctor and made sure that was fine. Then we got referred to a dermatologist who the first dermatologist said that she had and now I'm blinking on uh, where she pulls out her eyelashes. Oh, yeah. um, oh the like yeah. trick? Yes. Yeah. And I was like, uh, she's six months. I don't think that she like would understand to do that yet. Right. So we went to a second dermatologist and that's when he confirmed alopecia. And then that was around when she was nine months old. And then we went to like a dermatologist who really specializes in alopecia and hair loss. And she initially thought it might be the telegonofluvium where, you know, it's like a stressor in her body and like that could be what it is. So we kind of waited a year, but in my gut, I knew that that likely was not what it was. You're pretty darn good at saying these names. My God. (laughs) I come from a medical family and I Ah, also work medical field so <laughs> there you go that makes sense <laughs> yeah well Paige and I are over here like trying to like you know <laughs> oh like what does this say I think the hardest one for us was what was it lichen plantipolaris or something like oh that. god we like tried that out like five times before we recorded the episode because we were like we need to <laughs> practice so when she first got diagnosed what were your first initial feelings were you like okay this is what it is what are we going to do next or Did you just kind of be like, let's take it day by day? I think at that point I needed to take it day by day. I really feel like I was in denial about it for a while. Like, you know, constantly researching, okay, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that and not alopecia. And I think it was just the season of life that I was in. I was like, this can't be what's like, we cannot be dealing with this. You know, as an individual who myself does not have alopecia and I get irritated when people are like, oh, it's just hair, you know, like, well, it was way more than that. And I think that, you know, I look back and I'm like, I'm so thankful she's healthy and you know, like with everything going on with my son, I was like, okay, you know, like this sucks, (laughs) but like, it's something we're going to get through. It'll be okay. Were you, she was so young. I'm I'm still trying to process that she was so young. So you couldn't even like talk to her yet or tell her what was going on. When did you finally get to that point where you were like, okay, we, we have to tell her what's going on. It's interesting. I, in a way feel like that she was diagnosed so early it's kind of a blessing because that's all she's known. And so she is like just this spitfire, confident little girl that really just doesn't let it bother her. And that just makes my heart so happy. And that's like my biggest thing is I just always want to foster that and continue to encourage that because like she is such a light. And one of my friends commented the other day, we had met um, another woman with alopecia here in Charlotte. And we had lunch with her last weekend and it was just great to have, I have a couple like local women who have been so gracious to like, be like, if you need anything, you know, cause I mean, I can support her as a mom, but I myself cannot understand or empathize with her because I do not have alopecia. So having those women that do and are so open to say, if you need anything, if you need support, if she needs someone to talk to, like, I'm so thankful for that. I had posted a a picture of Claire and Lindsay about our lunch. And one of my friends commented that, you know, like first time you meet Claire, you notice she doesn't have hair, but then it's like, you don't even notice it after getting to know her because she's such a light and just like so happy and full of life that it's like, it's just part of her. 
Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like made me so happy to like hear that, you know, because as a mom, you're constantly worried and want to protect your children. And, and I think that myself not having alopecia and not really being a part of this community until I was much later in life than she is, it's mm. still hard for me to process and understand and best know how to support her. Absolutely. It's so interesting hearing it from a mom because I wasn't little when I got diagnosed with alopecia, so that's already interesting to me that she was nine months, so that's been her whole life. She hasn't really seen herself any other way, which is crazy to me, which is, like you said, kind of a blessing because she's like, yeah, this is who I am, who I've always been. Nothing's been different except I don't have hair and that's it, but here I am, and she's just happy. I can tell by how you talk about her that she's just a happy, just outgoing girl. So it's interesting because I always have the thought of, man, I I wonder if I got it as a kid, if I would have been better off, like if I would have accepted it faster or if I would have been like, this has been my whole life. So I can walk out the door easily without a hat or a wig on. So it's always so interesting to see that because kids are resilient. Mm -hmm. I have seen that time and time again, where kids just kind of throw themselves out there and they're like, Hey, this is who I am. I see it with uh, little alopecians all the time. So yeah, that's, that's incredible that she's like that, that people are like, oh, Claire? Oh, yeah, we didn't even notice that she doesn't have hair anymore because she's right. just such yeah. an awesome girl. That's awesome. When it comes to her hair loss journey so far, what was the biggest hurdle you personally had to go through and then also what Claire had to go through? So I think that it's still like, I mean, it's gotten easier with time for me, but it's still, I have days where, you know, it's just like, it's hard. You know, my biggest thing is, there's such a fine line with talking about it with her, but I also don't want her to feel that like hair is needed to be an important, you know, a part of your identity. But then also when she has questions or like, it's just such a fine balance to know like how much to talk about it, but then also like not to put too much weight in it. So that's been a really big struggle for me. And then also just not being emotional or upset about, whatever in front of her because I don't want her to ever feel that something is wrong with her or anything it's my emotions and my stuff I need to deal with and so that's you know I need to just remember to like be a strong advocate for her in front of her so that's been still a daily struggle for me to just talk about it when to not talk about it when to like bring up whatever about hair when not to bring up stuff about hair it's just right it's a fine line does she bring it up a lot really interesting she doesn't bring up her having hair but she loves to play with like my hair yeah or someone else's hair and she'll say can we play hair saloner and I'm like sure we can play (laughs) hair saloner and so she loves to do that and I just am like I don't know like I'm like do I do I let her do I be like oh no let's see if we can do something else but it's like she kind of wants to explore that and right she knows that we are open to talking about stuff and that she never has to like hide anything. So if she ever has questions, I always encourage her to ask us or talk to us about it. So I also don't want to be like, no, no, you don't have to, let's not play with my hair. You know, I don't want to discourage that if that's something she kind of wants to explore. So yeah, that's great. Because once again, I would have never thought about that, that she would want to play with other people's hair. You know what I mean? I mean, for me, Mm -hmm. I stare at people's hair. I look at everybody's hair and their hairline and their eyebrows and I just stare. (laughs) It's probably a little And that's interesting you say that because I do that. Like I, you know, and I think it's just because I'm so in in tune with her that I look at other kids and I'm like, "Hmm, okay. 
you know, it's like, I do like, I just look at that, but I don't think that she, she's never brought it up to me that she's like, oh yeah, she has so much hair. And I don't like, she's never said anything like that to me. That's great because she doesn't yeah. really pay attention to it. You know, she's just like, whatever <laughs> you have hair. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's like, that. man, I would like to walk around because I stare. If somebody has a great head of hair, I'm like, is it a wig? Oh, I right. think that every time I'm like, your hair is so thick and gorgeous. There's no way because I've right. never really had thick hair. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. so interesting because she's just living her life. And I think that yeah, kind of shows how yeah. great of a mom you are though, too. Oh, because well, thank you. yeah, cause she's just like, oh yeah, this is life. This is what it is. So I could just tell that she has that support that she can just move through life freely, you know? I mean, that's like what my husband and I are like constantly encouraging. I know that like, and I feel like so anxious about it because I know as she gets older and kids get older, they get not as nice. Like, I feel like my mama bear instincts are already like on guard to know that this is likely something we're going to have to deal with in the future. So that's why it's like as much as we can now, just like trying to encourage and strengthen like that base of confidence and love and whatnot is what we try to do. (laughs) I guess that would be a perfect time to do that question then is has Claire dealt with bullying yet? And if so, how do you approach that situation? So she has just a couple months ago came up to me and said, So let me back up. She had had hair, quite a bit of hair when she started kindergarten this year. And then this fall, she ended up slowly losing it. And then myself and my son had COVID back in November. That's when she had to like stay home forever because even though she never had it, like she was around us and whatnot. So since the time she had been at school and then going back to school, she had lost a significant amount of hair. So I had actually gone into her class and read a book called Where's Your Hair, Hannah? Mm -hmm. And kind of read that to her class and just kind of explained to, you know, her class about alopecia and if they had any questions and whatnot. So her class knew what was going on. I mean, granted, they were kindergartners, so what they understood, I don't know. But I mean, her class has been very accepting. But like I said, it was just her class. So a couple months ago, she came home and said, Mom, there was a kid that passed me in the hall that was making fun of me because I didn't have hair and at first I was like oh god come like this is the time I'm gonna like lose my mind and she didn't know the specific child but it was a child in a different grade and they were like going to an art class or something so they were in the hallway and the comment was made so they were like you know laughing and making fun that she didn't have hair so I immediately emailed the principal counselor and her teacher and just said, hey, I know that you guys cannot police every situation or interaction in the school with these children. Like, I totally get that. But also, this is something that my daughter has zero control over. And I am not okay with her being made fun of for something that she has no control over. If I need to go to every single class and educate about what alopecia is, need to have a conversation, send a letter, something to the whole school to let them know this is what's going on. And to make fun of or snicker whatever they were doing about her not having hair is not okay. And so they said they would address it. They were actually part of like the school initiative going around to each class and just educating about zero tolerance for bullying and all of all of that. So that was great. And unfortunately, a week after that is when Rio had taken her life. So that was just a very hard week for me because... 
you know, that's a huge fear is just bullying. You know, I was bullied in middle school for like having the wrong shoes, like something stupid, but it's like when it's something that's a part of yourself that you don't have any control over, you know, what do you, what do you do? It's a whole different world. Yeah. Right. I was 13 when I lost my hair and I got bullied in school. So that Rio, that one really hit. So, yeah, yeah, I know. I was just in tears that whole day. Like I can't, I can't even imagine. So that was really kind of our first incident of like her realizing that someone someone's making fun of me for my hair or not having hair in Um, kindergarten too yeah yeah. we've been um a part of you know like our community like has seen claire around and um i make it a point i don't feel like i need to constantly tell people Mm -hmm. oh this is what's going on with my kid because really it's not any of their business but also Yeah, but also it's kind of like, okay, let's educate people about this is what this is. I guess it depends on my mood. If I'm like in the mood to just like ignore this person, just like just stop talking or, hey, actually she has alopecia that she has no control over. So, and then sometimes that just puts them in their place and they stop talking. (laughs) Yep. And sometimes that can get so tiring just telling person after person. It's just like, just don't say anything. If It's not going to be nice. Just don't say anything. You can ask questions, but sometimes... Sometimes we don't want the questions. Sometimes we just want to walk through a store or outside and just get nothing. Go unnoticed. Kristen and I talk about that all the time. Just going unnoticed is a beautiful thing because, you know, we know that patches and bald heads are not the norm in a group of people. You know, there's not going to be like 50 bald people together all at once. So we know that. But bald people have been around for so long. How are people not... How do people not just look at it and go, oh, okay, and just keep it moving? Right. So we talk about right. that all the time. So I feel like, you know, when the Rio situation happened, Kristen and I, we we just kind of sat there and we were like, okay, well, what are our next steps to keep spreading awareness? What what can we do more? And, you know, Kristen said that she was reaching out to the schools by her and, you know, she was reaching out to news stations and everything just because we, we didn't think it was this bad just because we're adults now and we don't have kids of our own so we didn't know that the bullying was that bad we didn't know that you know people still are having a hard time accepting people with differences so yeah that was that was a rough time it swept the hair loss community so and not knowing what to say or do in those situations because you know you can't go to school with your kids so my mom always said that too because I was bullied too and I I left my high school not for my hair but for other stuff and she's like I can't I couldn't have been there for you I just had to know what you told me and if the teachers would reach out to me and tell me that's it um so it's it's a fine line to find all the things to say that are right and make sure that everyone is safe and nice and so we're making it our mission too I mean we're screaming from the mountaintops <laughs> so we're yeah, right well, there and I love you. it I'm so glad yeah I'm so thankful for you all and just bringing constant awareness and that's like I mean even with my son you know like people are like yeah. oh why is he in a wheelchair why is this and I'm like oh Sometimes it's like, just leave us alone. Just, but yeah, also, right. Yeah. But also, like, I do want to educate. And that's like, yep. I will always be my children's advocate. And I will fight for them. And so I like when you guys asked me to interview, I was like, yes, like, I want to like, <laughs> advocate for this yeah. community. Because, you know, I mean, and I feel as though as crazy as our world is now, we are making progress in the fact that like, 
differences are being better accepted than they were in the past. So that's kind of, you know, I was like, okay, we just need to constantly, I just want to like, everyone is different and that's okay. And like, let's just educate about that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say that your best resources were when, I guess, starting from the beginning, did you know of any support groups or were you just kind of figuring it out by yourself? I think I was, like I said, in denial and just didn't, I needed time to process it all. And I just felt that, and this kind of happened when we got my son's diagnosis when I was pregnant, he has spina bifida. And so we were like, oh, here's this support group and this support group and that. And I remember going on there, I was like, oh no, this is way too much information for me right now. Like I needed to process everything. Mm -hmm. Eventually I got plugged into those groups. But that kind of was the same with Claire when she got diagnosed with alopecia, I needed to process it. And then slowly, I feel that as I like process it myself and kind of was like, all right, this is this is what we're doing. I kind of got plugged in slowly with different people and just slowly continue to find different women with alopecia and just different support groups that I kind of have continued to grow throughout the years. And I remember one instance, there was one of the women I know here locally, she went to the gym I went to, this was pre-COVID, and I had been wanting to talk to her because I would see her all the time, but I was like, oh, I don't know, I was a little nervous. And then like, I finally one day was like, hey, I'm really sorry if this is just forward, but I just want to talk to you. Like I have a daughter with alopecia and like, so we kind of talked and connected that way. And she had actually come and read that book to Claire's preschool class. And so like the kids could kind of see that you know, there's an adult with out hair too, like, you know, that's cool. So just kind of getting those women um, to be a support and then kind of like finding different avenues on social media that have been a great support. Yeah. I've seen people with alopecia out there, but I don't know if it's, Mm -hmm. should I go up to them? (laughs) Like, I don't know. She she said, especially like when I was like leaving, she was like, I was like, I'm really sorry if I like ruined your morning or, you know, like disrupted your morning, whatever. She's like, oh no, you're fine. I just was afraid you were coming to talk to me about the cancer talk. And I was like, oh no. Right. That's what people think is like, okay. That's like um, last week when we had the lunch, like this guy was like, oh, I just wanted to ask like how your treatment's going. And my friend was like, I'm (sighs) fine. It's alopecia. And she said, you know, that's one of her hardest things is she's like, do I I look sick? Do I look like I have? You know, like I'm in treatment for cancer. And so then it's like, it's true. Like, no, you don't look sick at all. And it's just people's, I don't know, they just, uh, yeah, they just assume that's what it is. And so that's what we're going to say, stupid things. And Right. The couple of times that I have seen people that have alopecia that I'm like, oh, that person definitely has alopecia. I should walk up to them. I'm like, I'm wearing a wig though. And I don't want to whip it off to make sure that they know I have alopecia. So I'm just not going to go up to them. (laughs) right right yeah so I'm happy you did that though because I I feel like maybe the next time I see someone I'm gonna be like hey by the way I do too want to be friends <laughs> yeah right I, I don't know anybody by me I mean Kristen she's yeah. all the way in Canada it's like a forever right. drive to her so I don't really know anybody close I know there's people in the U.S. and there's just a hair loss retreat and all that but no one's close to me so I'm like that would be so nice to have somebody in my state that I could just go out to lunch with. It's a great thing to go out with someone that you bond with over alopecia, but I don't have anyone close to me. I'm like, hey, Kristen, I'm coming, but I have to make my (laughs) whole plan to go see her. (laughs) Um, I keep enticing you with pictures of my backyard. Yes, she does. (laughs) 
She does indeed. So I know we have a couple more questions, Kristen, if you want to ask those. Yeah, for sure. So this one can be about hair loss or not. It can be a general one. What are you looking forward to in the future for your daughter? I feel like she is going to be a world changer. Like her personality and her energy I just am really excited for what she's going to do with her life. And, you know, it's interesting having a brother that has extra challenging needs. I have seen her love and caring for other people has just been like, I'm like, oh, okay, I can learn a few things from Claire, you know, like she's just awesome. And so I'm just excited to see what she's going to do because she puts her mind to something and she's she's going to make a difference. I just it's like one of those mom gut feelings. I know she's she's going to do some something good with her life. That's the absolute best to see that in your kids. That's so great. Yeah. I'm uh, also excited to see what Claire's going to do. Me too. So. But that's <laughs> yeah. that's one thing that we see all these kids with alopecia. I'm excited to see them grow because yeah. I've never seen a kid grow up with alopecia, so it's going to be so empowering to see that. Because I've never seen it. I've only heard stories like Kristen when she started uh, her alopecia at 13. Like, I only know stories. I don't actually see it happening. So, yeah, it's going to be really cool to see all the kids we know grow up with alopecia and see what they do. All right. Our last question is, what is one piece of advice that you would give parents whose child is in the beginning stages or tough stages? Stages. Oh, my God. Of hair loss right now. (laughs) So I definitely feel that it is important for them to grieve what they thought was their children's hair, (laughs) just because it is important to recognize that, that it's a crappy situation, like it really sucks, but not to stay there. It's okay to have bad days, but if they can try to like be an encouragement to their children and kind of find a community if they can of supportive individuals that are encouraging that will support them when they need that. And if they can, and their child's open to it, finding a peer that might be close by that they could connect with. That was one thing that's kind of how I got connected with the woman we had lunch with last weekend is I posted on like a mom, a local mom group and was like, And I think it was right after Rio. And I was just like, hey, this is our situation. I just want to know if there's any children around Claire's age that have alopecia that we could just meet and connect with. And so, you know, it's okay to like grieve and have that time to process and really just absorb the information that you're dealing with. But then getting connected with the community because the alopecia community is amazing. Like I am just blown away by the support and the love from people I have never met or people that I have met. It's just, it's awesome. And I'm so thankful to have that for Claire when I can't understand what she's going through, but I can point her to women or individuals that do understand what she's going through and can be a listening ear and a supportive shoulder for her in ways that I wouldn't be able to because I cannot relate in that way. That's incredible. I I love that so much. It's crazy to see and talk to parents and and brothers and sisters and everything. I even talked to my own mom about how they felt, how my mom felt, how you felt when your kid goes through something that you can't change. You can't help it. You just have to talk your way through it. And my mom said, it's crazy because it's like, you want to change this thing. You want to make life a little bit easier. But once you get over that and you start saying, okay, what can I do for my kid or my child? 
to make their life better with this that I can't change is powerful. Mm -hmm. Talking to moms. I know I'm just listening to all of this and listening to you talk. I'm just going to be crying out. Oh, yeah. She's editing. She's going to be bawling her eyes. Yes. It's it's always after the fact, too, where I'm re-listening to episodes and hearing how passionate people are and with moms, too. That's just a whole nother thing because moms (laughs) are willing to do anything for their kids. And and obviously that shows right through for you. So we just want to say thank you so much for coming on, for being our first guest, for kicking this off. And, and when yeah. you said, just one second, when you said okay. the part, like you take your emotions and you kind of hide them, that's exactly what my mom did. And I didn't find out till years later, pretty much okay. last year that she would support me, but then like cry herself to sleep at night. And it was just, holy shit, like you took a weight on you that, I mean, I don't even know if I could have taken that on. So My mom said the same thing. Like you just throughout your life you just hide so many things because you don't want your kids to know that you're hurting for them too you're trying to be the strong and that's something that is something (laughs) yeah that's something else and you for doing that like well thank you i mean and it's you know like you all and claire are dealing with so much that it's like i don't want one more thing for her to be like oh no now like you know absolutely so it's like exactly like your mom said like i don't want the weight of my heartbreak and worry to be on her because she has enough and I need to like be strong for her and support her and not totally dismiss the fact that she doesn't have hair and that it's hard and that it sucks, but also like not to be woe is me. I don't know what I'm doing Mm -hmm. or going to do for, you know, but just to be that strong support and like like, listening ear to know that I'm always available for her to come talk to. And if I don't know the answer or I, you know, can't provide the support she needs that there is a community out there that I can reach out to be like, Hey, she needs someone that can, can totally relate to her. So I I just need you. And that's the awesome thing is like so many women have been like, if you need anything, just reach out. It's like, thank you. That that is about saying from us as well. We are here. If you need us, we are here. Well, thank you. I really, I really appreciate that. And coming from two alopecians, we'll tell you that you're doing everything right. Thank you. Yeah, we're adults with alopecia, so we can tell you right now just by hearing you and telling us everything that you've done, Claire, you're doing everything right. So don't ever second guess yourself because you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Absolutely. Yeah. So you guys know the drill. We do a chick bit at the end of every episode. And since this is our mom series or our mom edition, we're going to make it all about moms. So there are roughly 82.5 million mothers in the United States, more than 2 billion worldwide, and approximately 4.3 babies are born every second, which is crazy. Crazy. So yeah, if you guys want to get a hold of us, you can email us at thosebaldpicks at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram or Facebook. All of the links to everything you need is in the direct me, which you can also find in the episode description. Until next time, guys, bald peck out.